You're probably going to tell me you do some tantric levitation for 48 hours or something, I'm sure. Man, I have got a lot of viewpoints on the human nervous system and different ways to excite it. I think there's a big difference between sensuality and sexuality. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shremko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Think, Act, Get, Episode 9. The tag team is back in the tank with you. Ezra Firestone here and my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing, man? Good, thank you, Ezra. How are you going? Man, I'm going really, really well. In fact, I'm going much better after that little conversation we just had before this show, which ties right in to the topic of today's show, which I think is an integral part of everyone's life. You cannot exist in any culture, in any society, in this day and age, and not have this have some level of impression or pressure or mold or effect on you. Effect is the word I was looking for there. So the title of today's show and what we're talking about is success. Everyone is chasing it. Everyone wants to be successful. But what does it actually mean? What does it mean to you? You know, success is a very popular pursuit, perhaps the most popular pursuit, financial success, relationship success, social success. How do we define it? How do you achieve it? That's the emphasis of this episode of Think, Act, Get. Nice. Well, this will be interesting. (laughs) Well, cool, man. So let's start with a question. The first question is, what does success mean to you? And that's a question for you, the listeners. That's a question for James and I, and we're going to get right into that. And we're going to go with the overall. So what does success overall mean? And then we'll break it down a little bit after that. So James, we'll start with you. What does success mean to you? For me, success comes down to happiness. And happiness comes from being able to have the freedom to do the things that make you happy. And so it's about eliminating compromises, I think, where possible and being true to your self, you know, know what makes you happy and then to pursue that. And happiness sometimes involves some challenges along the way. So I spent the good majority of my first uh, working years in jobs that as well as where it was possible, I aligned my job with my passions and I enjoyed the communication aspects. I enjoyed the challenges and then it started to wear down on me a bit because I was spending a lot of time away from the family. And then it was only about six years ago that I was able to buck that job and change my lifestyle around. And that's when I relearned a lot about myself because now that I had a little more time and a little more money available to me, but I also had that personal thing where I had to you know, keep the business growing and fueling. So it became more of a personal experience and what now that I've got a little time what do I want to do with my time where do I want to invest it and that's when you start to really develop relationships uh, with your kids you learn a lot more about uh, relationships with your partner and also I got to travel around the world a lot more and see other cultures and experience other ways of living and and basically come out of my shell a little bit and learn more about life so I remember this this boss of mine told me, you know, a lot of people want to be rich, but it's not, that's probably not an ideal goal. Success is not just about money. It's about health. It's about communications. It's about growing and living. And I think I agree with you that everyone wants it. And 
it's hard to even know when you when you have it. And sometimes you can take things for granted, and uh, yeah, and the best way to get perspective on it, I find, is to check out what other people, you know, where they're at to get some perspective. I saw this news item recently. There was a ballooning trip in Egypt and a whole bunch of tourists uh, died because it, it burnt to flames and plummeted to the ground. And my wife and I had actually been in that balloon a couple of years ago on a trip to Egypt, the exact same place, the exact same operators, I imagine. And it that gave us perspective, like no matter where you're at in life, there's always someone worse off. So sometimes, you know, on an absolute raw level, still being alive is some kind of success because we're survivalists. And if you can be, if you're not locked in a, a prison or you're not in some spiraling drug addiction, maybe you're actually successful just to exist. And, and if you can have built in some happiness and do things that make you happy and you grow and experience things, then for me, that's success. You know, I could not agree with you more. I think that we live in, we live at a time where we as a society pretty much have survival handled. Like we're one of the first, I mean, it's been going on a couple hundred years now, but it wasn't always this way. People didn't always have the basic, like, you know, th they discovered this was like, it was actually, oh gosh, I think it was like a thousand years ago or two, I don't know when it was, 2000 years ago, five, I don't remember the time frame, but it was a long, long time ago. Some, um, some civilization that came, you know, that rose and fell long before ours, they discovered this bead and this bead was, um, it was like handcrafted. It was the size of a grapefruit. It was hand painted. It was like, you know, all put together. And what they took from that was that this was the first culture. Like the person who made that had shelter, had uh, food, had the freedom to express themselves artistically and create something just for fun. And so those, you know, they had survival handled. And I think that that's a really good point that, you know, success is there for all of us all the time in certain areas of our lives if we're willing to acknowledge it. And I think that gratitude actually creates more success for you. So, like, a lot of people will see what other people have and be jealous or be envious, rather. It's actually envy, not jealousy. Jealousy um, is when there's turn-on included. It has sexual charge. Jealousy does. Envy is just you want something that someone else has. And uh, I think a much better way to approach seeing things that exist for other people is to be grateful that you know that those things are possible because other people have them. So success for me means a whole bunch of things. Time freedom, uh, freedom of location, being able to travel, uh, time freedom, being able to do what I want when I'd like to do it, with whom I'd like to do it, financial freedom. So the surplus of resources to be able to run the charities that I have and, you know, and to have the experiences I want to have and support the people I want to support and all that stuff. Um, relationships like the one I have with you, where we have a good, friendly, working relationship. We talk to each other about our lives, like fulfilled and engaged relationships with people, um, being able to express myself and, oh, I've got, you know, being healthy and, and all there's just so many different levels to success. And I think that it's one of the key things is that everyone has 
a different idea of what success is. And I think one of, one of the really good things, this moves us right into our next section, that one of the ways that you can experience more success in your life, in any area of your life, is to identify what things you have, what things have you feel successful. And one of the easiest way to do that is to set goals for yourself because what goals do is they allow you to experience success on a regular basis. If you set goals and you have things that you're shooting for, when you achieve them, large or small, you can acknowledge that you've done that and you can experience that success and experiencing that success ultimately leads to more successes. So goal setting is one of the easiest ways to do that. And James, I'd love you to tell the story of, you know, you've actually helped me with this in my business life. You've helped me and I'm I'm not in the forum doing it, but I have a list here right here on my desktop that have my daily tasks, my weekly one things and my quarterly focuses. And as I achieve those things on a daily and weekly basis, I feel really successful because I'm getting these things done. So I'd love you to talk about how you created those structure and how that's helped you have success in your projects. Well, one of the metaphors I use when I'm helping business owners is the train metaphor, which is one that was told to me by a mentor. He said something quite profound, and this is a long time ago. This was the lunatic. He said, when you're choosing the destination you want to get to, make sure you're happy when you get there, that there's options for you. So imagine if you're at Grand Central Station and you're picturing a destination in the future that you want to get to. When you get there, you want to be able to get out of the train and be happy that there's enough options for you. So this has a lot of meanings. Once you identify that, that's the goal. Then you just create the train tracks that get to that station and then you get on the train and you keep shoveling that coal in to get there. So that's a nice metaphor. And my main realization working with business owners is that I have to help them build those train tracks and understand that train station they're heading towards because it's so easy to get off track. And and, a train on tracks is going in a fixed position and it's you know there will be logs on the track but we remove those together we oh there's a log on the track we get out we move the log we move on again but we're focused on that direction and here's the thing when you've got that framework or that structure and you break it down into just simple steps it's okay now we put little train stations in between the major destination so the daily task is right. Well, today we're just going to go to the next station and we'll, you know, hop out of the train, use the restroom, grab some coffee, and then hop back in the train. And then we'll go tomorrow to the next destination. So that's what today's about. Uh, the weekly one thing is all right, in a week from now, it'll be nice to get uh, five stations along, you know, so. That's that's our goal, and we just think about you know what is what is going to get us to there. What's the one thing that would help us, you know? And we just focus on shoveling that coal to get to that five stations down the track because that's the one thing we need to do to get there. And each time, each week, we just think, well, gosh, we got there. And if you do that fifty weeks in a row, allowing for Christmas and maybe a, a holiday or something you are going to get a long way down the track, literally. And then the quarterly thing is just an expansion of that again. It's what would be great, what would it be great if it looked like in a few months from now? We work out just two to six things. I don't actually allow more than two to six things to enter the the brain space. And we just keep that as, as the target destination. But here's the thing. I've found that when you achieve your goals and you get all the things that you have ever dreamt of, it actually sort of unlocks the next level and that's the bizarre thing. So when I quit my job, which was a goal for me and became 
free of working for a single source dependent income and now I got paid by multiple people. That unlocked a different layer for me and then it became, well, now I have some time freedom and choice on what I want to do on my my passions. What should I do now? And that's when I started developing things like travel and acquiring some more nice things that I'd sort of dreamt of. I, I wanted a nice car. I wanted nice clothes. I wanted to go and see different places. And once I achieved those, then that became the standard. And then it unlocked the next level, which is how's my relationship with my children? And, you know, we developed those with things like uh, rock music and horse riding and stuff. And uh, the boys like their gaming and chess and things. And then once I've achieved those, it unlocks the next level. You know, where am I at in in life with um, relationships? Who are my friends like Ezra and that? How do I get on with my partner? You know, what is my vision of, of an inspired life? So each time you accomplish something, I think that opens up the opportunity for more reflection and potential growth. Absolutely. And that so well said. Thank you. That reminds me of of the unknown rabbi. It was one of my favorite quotes of all time. I don't even I, I don't this some some rabbi a really long time ago said this. Um, he said it's a far it's far far better to have the ability to enjoy what you have than to have the ability to get what you want. Because if you can't enjoy what you have, if you get what you want, it's going to become something you have. So I think that's really key. I think it's really, really key for success is, you know, it's the good to better thing. Like, it's really easy to go from good to better. And it's very difficult to go from bad to good. So, if you're perceiving things as being good right now, it's a lot easier to, to get in your mind towards better. This is a little bit out there. So, you know, like it really opens up. I, I like that quote, but I'm just thinking about the majority of people who are just circulating, you know, wake up, go to work, come home watch soap operas, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, go to work, watch soap operas, eat dinner, go to bed. And I'm wondering, have they conceded at some point that they can't have something different? Um, perhaps they want it, but, but not enough. Have they just switched off? So they're not happy with what they've got, but they're just, they've just let go of the hope that they could have something different maybe. Exactly. You know, you sit in at school in a desk for eight hours a day, so you're trained to sit behind a desk for eight hours a day. So, you know, it's all the conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. But I think that there's always hope. It's always just a decision. You can always turn things around. You're always only one step away from moving in the direction that you want to move in. It's just a decision, you know, instead of soap operas. You know, that that is so many people spend their uh, surplus time. And it takes, God, it really, it harps back on that fear thing we've covered a few times and, and, the how much do you want it? No, I mean, I have a strong sense. So I'd say actually I have a really high confidence in my ability to get what I want. And I think the massive dilemma for me at points has only been to decide what I actually want, to, to know what, what I want that would make me happy because I know that my goal-seeking mechanisms are so strong that I can invariably get what I want. It's just a matter of knowing what actually makes me happy. That's always been the biggest conundrum or challenge for me is that I can actually have what I want. I've had a, a really good 
history of achieving that over and over again, I just have to be very clear on what that actually is and to be able to recognize when I've already got it. Absolutely. And that brings me right into to a question I have for you. I think this is kind of a cool one. I can talk a little bit about it as well. But do you remember your first, first sale online? What was it? What did it feel like? What did it take you to create that? How long did it take? And I'm talking about your, forget about your first affiliate sale or anything like that. Your first sale of something that was yours, like from an e-commerce store you had. I guess an affiliate sale would count. I'm curious to know that story. I've never heard that one from you. <laughs> well, the, officially the first sale I made was an affiliate sale. I had been struggling to build a website so, so, so hard, but maybe nine months, like trying to do it myself, trying to use cPanel and create the site builder that the wow. website provides. It was just a nightmare. In the end, I just I, I did all my research and I just threw my hands up. I'm like, I'm going to buy some software. I bought some software called Dreamweaver and I couldn't use it. Like This thing's supposed to be able to make websites easy and it, it was difficult. And I was almost about to give up and then I found some software called Excite Pro. And uh, anyway, at the time I had a job and my wife didn't because she's a full-time carer. And uh, I had signed her up for an affiliate program for that because it looked like it was a good idea. I finally just gave in and like, damn it, I'm going to spend 198 bucks here on this last-ditch attempt. I bought it and I got very soon after, I got a affiliate notification that I'd made a sale of this software. And when I looked at it, it was my wife's commission for selling it to me. <laughs> So it was kind of like a false start. I was, I was just elated and excited that I'd made a sale, but then I realized I'd triggered it myself. And so now I'm like an affiliate shyster and <laughs> I, 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 you know, it was a false sale. But in any case, I went on to build a demo site with that site to test it out and see how it worked. And I figured out a whole bunch of stuff because I was studying SEO and conversions <laughs> And I was able to change the standard install to make it really effective for SEO. Like I could rank just about anything really quickly. So I started this little build list, my SOP, although I didn't know it was called an SOP, the Standard Operating Procedure. And I called it a checklist in Excel. It was like seven lines, you know, change the CSS file, rename the images, uh, add a sitemap, all these things. And then I actually started the affiliate thing where I give people a bonus for buying and I called this the XSP cheat sheet and it was the original version was like seven pages where I just long-handed these seven bullets and explained what each one was and then I put screenshots with Snagit and I started making affiliate sales initially one sale a month and then two and then four and one day I got an email from someone saying hey listen I've already got Excite Pro could I buy the cheat sheet from you? I've heard it's amazing and you have to have it. It makes such a big difference. And I sort of emailed back and said, okay, well, send $40 to my PayPal and I'll send it over. And they did. And the next day I came home and there was 13 emails. This person was in a forum and they told everyone else, hey, just, just send him 40 bucks. You can buy it. And so that's when I'm like, whoa, hang on a minute. I should sell this as its own product because – perhaps the market of people who have Excite Pro is bigger than the market of people who doesn't have it uh, that are likely to buy it from me. And so I registered XSP cheat sheet. I put up a, a you know, wrote my own sales letter and put up the, you know, put the order button up there. And suddenly I started making sales and I 
thought that I would release it as a warrior special offer. And I, I put it up there through ClickBank and set it up as a warrior special offer. And I was moving house that week. And I'll never forget this. I thought that people were going to you know, say I'm a fraud. I, can, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is terrible. I mean, I did every single thing myself. There was no team back then. It was just me. And I made $1,000 in sales every day for a week. And that was when I had this aha moment because that's exactly what my wage was. I was on about 300 grand a year. And I thought, if I could just do something like this more often, I could actually quit my job. That was the first moment that I realized. So that, wow. that was really my biggest uh, early memory that this is possibly uh, going to happen. You know, And I was thinking to myself, if I could just sell 10 copies of Excite Pro a day and a few copies of the cheat sheet, I could quit my job. What about you? That's amazing. That's an awesome story, man. I'm happy that you told that. I hadn't heard that before. That's cool. Well, you know, it's it's hard for me to remember because I have a very specific one where I just kind of was blown away and I couldn't believe it. But I started as a sort of as an under, like I learned SEO from a friend who had a business selling information products on how to become a life coach. And I ended up taking over the marketing for that company. And we did a whole bunch of really big um, six-figure product launches together. And we we did really well. And so I kind of got to cut my teeth from a paid traffic and a conversion and a product launch and a, you know, online marketing and copywriting and all the skills that you pick up. I sort of got to cut my teeth on this business that I didn't own. And, you know, I, I was doing consulting and stuff, but the first time when I had the real aha moment, so I had you know I had the consulting business while I was working with David, but I, I I decided for a number of reasons that that I wanted to go into e-commerce that it felt like a really good sustainable authentic a, a business model that had integrity that I could be proud of and tell my you know my wife's parents about like it just for many different reasons I decided I wanted to go th- go to e-commerce and so I built out this e-commerce store and it was just the most backwards funky looking. I mean, you could not build a store. To this day, there is not a funkier store that has ever been built, I think. It was just really, really, uh, uh, it was on the old, old, old Yahoo, which is, you know, pre their their store editor, you know, it was just like old and busted. And I remember this was like a month after I'd put the site up. I put the site up and I built it all out and I had it going and maybe it was even it was like less than a month, it was like 2 weeks. And one day I came home and I opened it up and I saw the little star, the little red dot next to the orders section in the back end of the store. And I didn't believe it. I thought, "Oh, this must be, you know, like I I could almost could not believe that I'd sold something." And I clicked it open and someone had purchased a mustache. Someone had purchased a, a costume mustache from me, and I, I, I still have the email to this day, and it said, holy effing, you know, whatever, I can't believe someone actually bought something from me, and I sent that to my wife. Someone bought something from us, because I had sent it to my wife at the time. She'd been a part of this whole thing. My, still my, she wasn't my wife then, but, but I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe that it happened, and you know, what happened was I picked a strategy, I followed through with it, I took action, and I got a sale, even though it was totally backwards. I had to rebuild the site, you know, a million different times to get, you know, like, I didn't know anything about what I was doing in the e-commerce space at the time, but I was able to retail a product, and it just blew my mind, because it was the first time I'd actually had a real transaction that was 
that I'd created that wasn't, you know, a part of some other, someone else's business. It was just incredible. And, and, and I just kind of fell in love at that point and never looked back. Mate, that is amazing. And here we are. So here's a question. You know, uh, I promised one of our, our listeners that I would get this into a, an episode. And I think that you're actually uh, highly qualified to answer this question, which is, and I, I'll pull up the name of who it was in a second here, but how do you combat perfectionism? That was a question we had. I just wanted to get it into an episode, and I think it kind of fits well in, the, in, in where we're going. So, but do you, Are you suggesting that I'm unprofessional, therefore better geared to answer this? <laughs> no, I'm suggesting... <laughs> no, what I'm suggesting is that just by, by knowing, just from what I know of you and my experience of you and doing business with you and, and being a part of the way that you work, you have really high standards. You produce high quality stuff. You know, you, you, the stuff you produce is good. And so I would imagine that you may have the pro- – like, I'm curious if you have this problem or not or if you've had it in the past of – like it's just a question that I have based on the quality of the work that you put out. I think my work is of a good standard and I see people who – I know there's people out there with a higher standard than I have for production values who produce less than I do and that would probably come down to perfectionism. My way of dealing with it is really straightforward. I just acknowledge that it is a myth. To, for something to be perfect, it's just it could only last for a microsecond. If you go straight to the order of the universe, you've got every single thing is an atom that vibrates. It's moving. Even the desk that your computer is sitting on is full of atoms that are vibrating. They don't stand still. So perfectionism is some kind of ideal that something could be absolutely perfect but then it can't stay in that state so it's going to very quickly be unperfect a brand new brand newly washed vehicle is going to look dirty again in a week a freshly mown lawn will get out of control again in a couple of weeks so i recognize it's such an instantaneous state that you might as well just do the best you can with what you got and get it out there to a minimum standard that you're happy with but i would say I'm probably producing stuff at an 85 percentile and for me that's fine because most people are producing stuff at a 10 percent percentile, you know, like slides. See people with these ugly 4 by 3 black text bullet splattered slides, it's really easy for me to put a custom picture with a nice font but I'm also practical, you know, I'll, I'll narrow it down to the best image that I've got without having to go out and film a brand new one and get all the camera settings right. I'll just go, right, here's one that's good enough, but it's still going to be a long way better than the standard schlock that's out there. And, you know, we just continually refine like that Kaizen principle. Put it out there. That's where we're starting from. And then we'll just update it and upgrade it as we move forward. And we know where our winners are. So we reinvest in those. So now, for example, superfastbusiness.com. As a website, a year ago, it was pretty raw. It was just a plain theme and it, and it was just curating my other stuff. Now, it's a beautiful site that gets opt-ins and it's got great content, interviews with Ezra Firestone on e-commerce. So it's now something I'm really proud of and I've put a lot more effort and investment into the, the, the team and the design and the conversions and it's, I've got it to a state that is closer to perfect. But I also know that I'll be able to come up with an iteration on that that makes this one look old in a year from now. I'm, I'm actually okay with that and I'm actually excited about the potential of change. So the best way to combat perfectionism is to embrace 
change and accept that you're able to change things and that, in fact, everything will change regardless of what it is today. And perfection includes the potential for change, which is a quote by Vic Barranco. That guy's really, really smart. I learned a lot from him. I just joined that uh, dot myself there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, you did what now? Well, I was just talking about the change and perfectionism being related, and I had never heard that quote. Oh, yeah, man. Great minds think alike, and perfect things change the fastest. So anyways, we'll get into all this mindset woo-woo stuff on another episode, but I am 100% in agreement with you on everything you just said. And I want to make a note to our listeners, we've got a new feature on the, on the blog there on thinkactget.com called SpeakPipe. And you can go there, you can click on it, you can leave us a voice message or a voice comment with a question, with a comment on something we said, and you may just find yourself getting aired on an episode of Think Act Get. We'd love engagement from you. We'd love you to do that. So, James, thanks for adding that to the site, man. That's really cool. I saw it the other day. Yeah, so um, leave us a message. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're moving in. What are we moving into here, James? <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but I was looking at one of the comments the other day, and Andrew wants to know when the episode about sex is coming. And I've I got to tell you, I can't wait to find out what, what you... You're probably going to tell me you do some tantric levitation for 48 hours or something, I'm sure. Man, I have got a lot of viewpoints on the human nervous system and different ways to excite it. I think there's a big difference between sensuality and sexuality. I've got, dude, we are, let's do an episode on sex for sure. This is not that episode. We're, we're, I know we're on time crunch here, so I want to get through this one, but back on track. It must surely be time for the weekly willpower wage report with some special sound effect from Ezra. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna do a recording for that. I want to do like a whole special weekly willpower wager thing. So here, here's what we want you guys to do this week. We'd like you to set a weekly one thing goal for yourself. What's the one big thing that you're going to accomplish in your business this week or in your life this week? Set that, and then by the end of the week, accomplish it and write. Actually, write it down somewhere, and when you accomplish it, check it off and see how that makes you feel. And if it feels good. Keep the weekly one thing goal for yourself, and why not go ahead and set some quarterly action goals for any part of your business or life while you're at it? Beautiful. So moving on, we've got the news and updates portion of the show. I'd like to share a bit of news that is not in the show notes, uh, which is that I had a, I had a, I called a, I actually had a, had a second to talk to James before this episode, and I said, hey man, look, I've been thinking about this thing, and I'd love to get your feedback on it. What do you think? And what that thing was, was niching down, specializing. I've sort of become known as the e-commerce guy. People, you know, that's what all the content out there that I have about e-commerce, all the e-commerce interviews, it's what everyone wants to talk to me about. It's what's getting people excited. And so I thought, why don't I just label myself that and actually acknowledge that that's what I'm doing and that's what people are uh, people are interested in hearing from me about. And that's sort of, instead of just having Smart Marketer be this umbrella for all things marketing, I could actually focus a little bit more and have it be more e-commerce specific. And so uh, a little bit of news is that I'll now be focusing more of my attention and energy, to energy towards putting out more e-commerce specific information because that's what folks are interested in talking about. I'll have an e-commerce membership site coming out and um, talk to James about it and he agreed with me. So Yeah, I think it's a really smart move for a smart marketer. So... In other news, the FastWeb Formula tickets are selling well. If you want to see Ezra and I record a Think Act Get podcast episode live, you can do that in Sydney in June. We'd love to have you there. Go to fwf4.com, grab your ticket. And I've got a note here that says, Sydney, Shrammy, Bananas. And if you listen to the last episode... <laughs> you know, I, I did have a banana protein shake today in honor of our episode. Oh. I just wanted to... 
but you know you've inspired nice me. have we gotten you tried apple bananas yet no but i have not yet been able to find anyone who thinks that eating 25 bananas would even possibly be a good idea just on spec you know without having to scientifically test it <laughs> 30bananasaday.com, everyone. That site exists. That's 30bananasaday.com. If you want to run into a group of people who genuinely believe that 30 bananas a day is a good idea. Uh, all right. We're, we're moving on. Let's talk about some yeah. comments. We had uh, we had Mike D. And by the way, that perfectionism comment was from a guy called Dan. Dan, Thanks, I appreciate Dan. it. And uh, we're happy to yeah, engage with you. So Mike D. says, I'm a mindset junkie it's what makes or breaks people and i love your show i'm a fast web formula member and it's the first forum i've been a member to also i've known about internet marketing for the past four months which leads me to my question how can i better add value to my community where most everyone actively is in conversations that they know way more than i do it just seems like all i can do is ask a ton of questions but really can't help others any ideas well guess what mike asking questions helps other people because there's other people with those same questions, man. You're actually participating and being a really good value to the community in Fast Web Formula by asking those questions. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point of a discussion forum. It's to have discussions and to get perspective. I, uh, there's no doubt I learn the most of anyone in that forum. And that's because I've posted 6,000 something answers. So when someone posts a question, I have to think about it and then I have to come up with the answer. And it, you know, it's true that saying when you teach, you actually become a student. And my students teach me an awful lot by their questions. And I love the questions. We've now got the community that can cope with new members who don't know much at all about internet marketing. They'll quickly learn it in an environment with such seasoned... Uh, you've got millionaires in there. So it's a great place to get into, fastwebformula.com. Thanks for the comments, Mike. Yeah, and I've got to say, I, I push everyone over to fastwebformula.com who's looking to get started in, in internet marketing, get some understanding of different business models and has questions. It's an incredibly interactive community. People will take the time, really high level. You, you get free coaching in that community about pretty much anything you want, so check it out. So next we've got Ian, and Ian says... Hey guys, I hope you're having an awesome day. I can't remember which show it's from. It was from the money episode, I believe. However, I took on your $5 challenge. I did it in a different setting in that I was presenting for an audience of about 100 people and I asked them, who wants five bucks? And about 25% of the audience immediately put up their hand. I kept asking, who wants $5? And I had to ask three times before someone would rush to the stage and take it. A great lesson. I appreciate you sharing it. The next one will be in a weirder situation. No, not out a car window. Keep it up, you legends. Cheers, Ian. Well, thanks, Ian. That's a cool story. Wow. That's a great test. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a diverse group we have. Yeah. There's one here from Mike Cowles. Hi, James and Ezra. Great content on the show. Always fun and inspiring to listen to you guys. Looking forward to more great info. Five stars. Thank you, Mike. I'm really digging that. Yeah, check us out on iTunes if you want to leave a comment. We've got – you can leave a voice comment on the blog. Uh, you can leave a text comment on the blog. You can leave a comment on iTunes. We love all of your feedback. So that's what we're here for. We're here for you. This is this, – that's what it's about. Great. Okay, so what are we up to now, Is We've got Think About It, and that's the quote section of the day, and I think you're up first. <laughs> I am. And this one is, Innovation Distinguishes Between a Leader and a Follower by Steve Jobs. I'm, I'm a fan of innovation. It's, it sits nicely with my idea that to be able to cope with change. And I also learned a lot from Peter Drucker, 
which talked, you know, he talked about marketing and innovation. That's the whole key to business. So innovation's where I'm at. No point being stuck in the mud. What do you got for us? You know, I thought that was a good one for you because you're such an innovator. And guess what? If you don't feel confident that you can innovate, just get out there and try some stuff. Say some things. You know, express how you feel and your viewpoints on what's going on in your community. And eventually, you'll be innovating. Thoughts, ideas, products, whatever it happens to be. So anyone can be an innovator. You know, I think innovation simply just a matter of asking questions. How could I change this to be better? How could I get more of the right type of customers? How could I reduce the time I'm spending on jobs that I don't want to do, shouldn't do, can't do? So when you start asking these questions, you will create change and that is innovation. Awesome. We might have to do an episode on that. What I've got for us today is things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. That's by the wiz- the Wizard of Westwood himself, John Wooden, big-time NCAA basketball coach guy. It kind of just ties back to everything we've already been talking about. No explanation necessary there. Let's roll right in to the tag tips. All right, so systems and people's tip. Create checklists for every task that you plan on doing more than once. So just jot down the steps that, that you do as you go, and then if you ever have to do it again, you can pull it out. And And if you have to train someone else to do it, which is ideal then you can just walk them through the steps. And I use an app on my computer called Reminders. So I use an iPhone, a Mac, and an iPad. And it, it synchronizes across all the devices. It's just unbelievable. So if I were to do a new process, I open up the Reminders app, I click on uh, New, and then I just start writing the steps. And after you finish, you can drag the steps into different orders. So it's, it's really cool. So just brainstorm your steps move them around, see if you can eliminate some, see if you can refine some, but that creates you a standard operating procedure. Now you could have checklists for everything. You could have a checklist for packing for a holiday. You know, you could say, right, if I'm going to go overseas, I'll need my passport, you know, this, this, and this. And it saves you having to think, oh, what have I forgotten? Or You know, like when you used to go on camps and they send you a list? Well, you can create your own lists when you do something once and you plan on doing it again. Checklists. So helpful. I'm learning about them now as we go. I'm, I'm learning. I mean, we're doing checklists are so good. Definitely create them. I've got a mindset and strategy tip for you guys, which is to plan for what happens after you succeed, right? Everyone spends all their time planning and thinking about the goal, whatever that thing that they're trying to achieve is. They're just going for it. But what no one thinks about is what about after they achieve that goal? And what happens is people get a bit dejected. You know, it's the whole graduate school thing where people, the phenomenon that everyone experiences where they, where they graduate from college and then they're just like, they have no idea what next. They have no idea what to do. They get all depressed because they've spent their whole lives, 25 years in pursuit of this goal. And believe it or not, not many really plan for what do I do right after that? What's going to happen in the next six months to a year after I achieve that goal. So plan for the win, you know, set up a party for yourself afterward, whatever it is. So, you know, set those goals and plan for what comes after you achieve them. And perhaps, you know, start learning more about living in the moment and accepting and acknowledging things as they happen and for whatever reason they do. And um, also don't get too complacent about the goal and and feel that you might still feel the same way when you get there after such a long time it's important to stay fresh and open and to continue growing you know that's a really good point that we're always going to be striving for more at the point we stop striving for more is when we die we're always going to be looking for what's next what more can we create what's going on so yeah i agree with that and then the last thing we have for you guys today is it's a lifestyle thing and it's to be nice 
you can afford it. You know, you'll enjoy your life and your business so much more if you do the work it takes to be nice to yourself and the people around you. Listen, have compassion for where people are. And you know, sometimes we talked about this in, in a past episode. Sometimes the nicest thing you can do is to be really straight with someone and tell them how it is. And sometimes it's not, you know, if your goal, but here's the thing is if your goal when you're entering a situation with someone is to be nice and, and do what it takes to genuinely like, I don't even know how to say it better than be nice, you will get farther. It's just kind of one of those karma things. So that's the note we'll leave you guys on today. What a great way to end. So just a little recap. We've been covering the topic of success and what it means to you. We've had a few different ideas around that. The whole premise of this show is that the way that you think determines how you act and it dictates the results that you get. So we hope this has been helpful to you. Please leave some comments on iTunes or on our blog. We're interested. We're engaged. We love this show. We do it out of passion. And uh, gosh, we'll be up to our 10th show in the next episode, Ezra. I can't believe it. I cannot believe we're up to 10, man. That's going to be a good episode. We'll come up. We'll do something fun on that one. (laughs) You haven't really shocked me on this one. I hope you can surprise me on the next one with something. We're a bit too... Dude, if if that's the sex episode... Oh, we'll do something chargy. Chargier. All right, all right. You know, I think this one's important. I think success is an important topic, but and it you know it doesn't carry the same amount of charge as some of these other things we've talked about. But it's one worth discussing, and it's one that's uh, it's a good one. So I'm happy that we got through it, and I'm happy that we had the chance to talk about it. And we'll get into some juicier stuff perhaps on a on a further, on a future episode. All right, Ezra. Thank you, listener. We'll see you next week. Tag team. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.